Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and today I'm extremely excited to bring our guest, Jan Greenwood, to you. In my conversation with Jan, I do share with you how I know her and how she has impacted what I am currently doing online. When I asked Jan to come on my podcast, I actually thought we were going to talk about female relationships, but the Lord totally redirected us, and we ended up talking about healing and how to come alongside somebody who is walking through a sickness of some kind, and so if you are walking alongside somebody who's dealing with sickness or you are the one who's dealing with a sickness or an illness or an injury of some kind, today's show is for you. She even closes us out with a prayer that is so anointed that I am expectant that the Lord is going to do some healing today. So go ahead and lean into this conversation that I had with Jan Greenwood. Hey, Jan, how are you? Hey, Rachel, I'm doing great, really well today. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to get you on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really honored. I've been following along and I'm loving what you're doing. And your podcast have been such a blessing. You're getting really good at this. Thank you. You know, it's so fun. I never dreamed I would actually enjoy it. And it's really fun. Well, you're doing a great job. You have had some great guests. So I'm really honored to be among fine company. Thank you. So let's jump right in. And before I tell everybody how I know you, I want you just to share a little bit about yourself with us. Well, um, I have been married for 35 years to my high school sweetheart, Mark, and we have four children. One just got married. Our oldest, our daughter just got married. So we're super excited. I have a new son-in-law that's actually in James. My next child, his name is John, he's 23, and he's getting married to Lexi in October. So we're going to have two weddings back to back. That's fun. And then um, my son Luke is 21, and he's in Corpus Christi going to A&M. He's a junior in college. And then in about three weeks, I'm taking my youngest, Matthew, who is 18, and leaving him at the University of Arkansas. So I'm in a huge season transition. I'm about, you know, three weeks away from truly empty nesting. So I'm working through my emotions about that. Also, I have a full-time job. I work at Gateway Church. I am the equipped pastor for our campus in the South Lake area. I've been on this team about a year and a half, and I'm loving that. I'm really learning about uh, discipleship and spiritual formation and getting to work with a whole new team. And then before that, I worked for eight and a half years in our women's department. I was a women's pastor working directly for Pastor Debbie Morrison, helping to run our women's conference, Pink Impact. So that's sort of my personal and professional background. Awesome. Well, wow, you are in a fun season right now. <laughs> yes, it is. Fun. Yeah. So I feel like I have to just stop for a minute and tell everybody how I know you. So I know Jan because of Gateway. My husband and I attend Gateway, and I've been involved in the Pink Department as well over the years. And 
Jan really is one of those people who God placed into my life who called things out of me that I did not even know was there. So a lot of you on this podcast may have heard me talk about WILD before, which stands for Women in Leadership Development. And that was one of the first times I actually got to sit really directly underneath you, Jan, in a class setting. And that class was responsible for me starting my blog because when the writer came in, I thought, oh, I'll just nap today because I'm not a writer. And um, that's just always what I, you know, obviously I wasn't really going to nap, but, you know, make my grocery list or whatever, because this doesn't apply to me. And then she said something in that class. She said, if you want to be a leader, you need to be able to write. And I was like, oh, great. I can't write. So she recommended starting a blog to work on our writing. And I did just that. And honestly, my thought was, okay, I'll write, but nobody will probably read it. I mean, it'll just really be for me and to practice. Well, I started writing and I realized, oh, I actually like this. It's fun, you know, and and I enjoy it. And some of the things I was writing were resonating with people. And so that has just continued to grow and open doors for me to do all kinds of other things. And so that was the beginning where you first, you know, really poured into me in that class and spoke some words over me that I still remember to this day. And then last year, when I was praying about starting this podcast, the Lord had given me the name Real Talk with Rachel, but I was just arguing. I just, I tend to do, I do Gideons with God a lot. I'm like, all right, Lord, I need a sign. He'll give me a sign. I'm like, all right, I need another sign. And and then I just, he's like, okay, Rachel, all the signs, I've given you all the signs. You just need to go. But I was sitting at the Declare conference and Jan's talk was called Real Talk. It was the very last session. And wow. when she got up to speak, I was like, it was like God was like, this is your sign again. And so Jan is just one of those people who every time I'm about to take it and step into something new, it's like the Lord swoops you into my life and says, here you go. Here's a word. So for all of you listening, I want you to know that story because you really need to just lean into everything that Jan has to say today. She's extremely prophetic and hears the Lord better than really anybody I know. Um, and so, Jan, I just I love that about you, that you're extremely sensitive in that way. So I've already told Jan she's going to have to come back on a second time because we have several directions we could take today's conversation and we don't have time for all the directions. So we're going to go the direction we feel the Lord leading us today. <laughs> Rachel, that is so sweet. I am so honored to have a part of your story. And it is so easy to pull greatness out of you. It's like hanging off of you like apples on a tree. It's so easy. I don't even think that I'm encouraging you. I'm just telling you what I see or applauding your efforts. And I read a stat the other day. Maybe this was, was this on your blog that you posted like one in 10 people? Yeah, yeah. Actually do something with what they learn. Uh-huh. And uh, I heard that at a John Maxwell conference one time too. Like, he's like, you can take all the notes in the world and sit here and be enthusiastic. But if you go home and you never do anything, you know, what's the point? Yeah. So I see that activator in you. I'm so proud of you. You've stretched yourself and grown and Uh, The women who are following you, I know you're blessing them. So way to go. Well, thank you. So when I first asked you to come on, initially we were thinking we're going to talk about female relationships because you actually wrote a book called Women at War, right? Yes, that's right. It's Women at War, and its its tagline is uh, declaring a ceasefire on toxic female relationships. And you know, and you also demonstrate this, how powerful healthy female relationships are. They just change your life. Yeah. So how would you say, and 
I'm sorry for those of you listening. We're not going this direction today, but I am going to do a teaser because we're going to bring Jan back on and we are going to talk about the friendships. But I do want to know, in writing that book, did you feel challenged in your female relationships? And I ask this because sometimes I feel like the things God has called me to, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I get to walk this out. (laughs) Well, I was challenged before I wrote the book. You know, I had the walking through as a young girl, like all the things that happened to me just as a young girl that sort of planted in me a gentle despising of my own gender. Like, you know, I would have rather been a man, not because I actual orientation toward that, but because um, I thought and acted and felt more like a man and I enjoyed working with men and I just thought girls were too much. And so I was healed from that when I went to write this book. But I will say that I had the greatest warfare in my personal relationships the year I launched the book. And I have had to over and over defend that territory again and again. Like the Lord always makes you practice what you preach. Yeah. And uh, I do feel like I've come through a season, all that settled down. But man, even in the middle of it, I was dealing with close relationships that were, you know, struggling. So, yeah, you get tested on what you write about or teach about. Why do you think that we have such a struggle with female relationships? Well, primarily, I think it's rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. Just fear. And also just the fact that the enemy has a special assignment against us. Like, I really believe Satan particularly hates our gender because of what happened in the garden and the curse that God spoke to him about how we would crush his head. Yeah. And our offspring actually would crush his head. So think about it. It's the part of us that's life-giving that reproduces the church, the uh, the gospel that walks in grace that he is so terrified of. And of course, we know Jesus, you know, ultimately is the answer to that process. But our enemy has not yet been put in the abyss. And so he hates us and he particularly enjoys when we get confused and we think that, you know, the girl next to me is the enemy mm. and we start to attack. One another, or we isolate ourselves because we're afraid of being attacked, and so therefore we do a, a femaleless life in terms of like deep or intimate relationships. And when women start turning around and working shoulder to shoulder and going against the darkness, then other women start to join in. It's almost like the women go like, "Oh, this is how we work together." It's almost like they don't see it, and. I just see that sort of everyone beginning to align and to get into their positions in support of one another. And I just believe it makes the enemy so afraid. And that's why I think I had so much warfare right after it. Really, it started while I was writing. And then when I released my book, Mm -hmm. oh, it was really special. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I still see it sometimes, but it doesn't frighten me the way it used to. I think I can identify it more quickly and I'm more healed And I have more compassion for the person that might be, you know, in the natural, it looks like that person is coming against me and I have a greater understanding there's something going on. And so even the warfare experienced, I'm grateful for it because it set me more free, made me do the deeper work of forgiveness and learning not to be easily offended. And actually, you know, when you write, I can remember thinking one time I was writing a chapter and I was like, do you really believe this? And being like, okay, I really do believe it. So if you believe it, you have to practice. Yeah. I love how you said it was really special (laughs) that time. (laughs) That's a great way to look at it. It's a very special special. time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Um, Okay. So 
that's just a little teaser. We're going to have to bring you back on and we're going to just talk all about female relationships. But today, I really felt the Lord leading us to talk about an area that another area you have walked through, and that is your health journey. So would you mind just sharing a little bit about your battle and the things you've had to overcome in that area? Yes, I'd love to. I am a stage four two-town breast cancer survivor. I was diagnosed in 2009, and when I was diagnosed, I was already a stage four person. And so I went through about two years of intensive treatment and recovered my health. I had a six-year journey of being cured and free. And then I turned around in 2016, in the fall of 2016, and I had a recurrence. And so since 2016, um, I am back in remission again. I am uh, walking free, but because of the severity and the threat for my health, I continue to be in treatment even now. And so my life has a normal rhythm of um, medical care and uh, spiritual work uh, to keep my soul as clean as I can, because it certainly does impact your health. And just learning to try to walk a, a free life while battling cancer. And it's given me so much compassion for people. My mom is a type one diabetic and she has been since I was born. So I hate to tell you how old I am, but I will because I'm happy to be 57. You know, I said I'm above the ground today. It's Mm -hmm. a good day. So my mother is a 57 year survivor, which is almost unheard of. So I think my mom taught some things about persevering in the face of really life threatening illness. And I don't know, I guess we're just tough old cookies, you know, we refuse to die. (laughs) But I am so thrilled to be healed again. Like I just, I'm so grateful. And I have it in my heart. If I could help someone else either get through it or navigate it or help people minister to people who are in that position, you know, how can I take what I went through and cause it to be good for others too? That's kind of what's on my heart in this season. Wow, it's so good. And I love just, you have absolutely walked this season out with such excellence because, and one of the reasons I want to discuss this today is so from the outside looking in, when I watch you walk through what you've had to walk through, it would be easy from a distance to just be like, wow, she's just rocking and rolling and, you know, doing great because you have walked through it with such excellence. But I know from walking through hard health situations with some of my own family members, like what we see on the outside is not always the case, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like yeah. so often if you haven't personally walked through some kind of an illness, either yourself or or a family member, it can be hard to know how do we navigate this. And um, you yeah. recently shared some videos on Facebook addressing this topic. And that's what led us to talk about this today, because I thought I want more people to hear this. And so I would love to hear, first of all, what are some practical ways that people can support and pray for somebody who's walking through a sickness of some kind? Uh, they're pretty simple. Sometimes when a person is in a traumatic season of health or maybe even deep grief or uh, maybe it's discouragement or even I found these things to be true for someone who is in a good season, but they're waiting for God to move. You know, they feel stuck or they're in transition and they don't yet know where God's going. It creates a real tension. And so all of those kinds of things we want to encourage people in, but we don't always know what to say or what to do. And I have this uh, saying that it's never a bad time to just say, I love you. Mm. Just to say, I care is huge. 
It's never a bad time to send a written note of encouragement. Old-fashioned snail mail seems to arrive at the perfect time. It's never, you know, invasive. And I also love that it hangs around a while. Like, it can encourage multiple times. So I, I think the written word or an email or even just a text, like just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you and I care about you. And then, of course, I do think that food speaks love. But for me, uh, when I was really sick for an extended time, having someone have to arrange all the meals and the assignments and all of that became a burden, not just for me, but for my family and then returning pots and pans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I say to people, like, it's great. If you have, if you have the gift of hospitality, you want to take a meal. Great. But it is also so wonderful to just slip a gift card inside that note of encouragement. You'd be surprised how many times I've used a gift card that someone sent me to provide dinner for my family because I was just so exhausted that day. And I just found that to be such a huge blessing. So it's never a bad time to say I love you. It's never a bad time to send a note of encouragement. It's never a bad time to send a gift card. And so these are very simple and very practical. I realized I didn't say, you know, you should go mow their lawn or clean their house Mm -hmm. or, you know, pay their bills. Like those levels of service really fall to those who are intimately involved in their life. Mm -hmm. But sort of a stage two friend, like I'm a good friend, but I'm not the friend who's going to their house every day. I find these tips to be the most useful. And they certainly were the things that blessed me the most. I love how practical those are. All right. So then what about from a place of spiritual, you know, like if you were in a situation where I know a lot of people maybe feel led to pray for you or something like that, what do you recommend in that type of regard? Well, you mentioned the two videos that I just recently put out. I I just did a like a little in my house video with my favorite 10 tips for praying for someone who is ill. And the reason I did that is because early in my experience, I lost a girlfriend to breast cancer. She was a very precious friend, and I prayed for her a lot. And I found over the few years that she was struggling that I really made it hard on her a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so desperate for her to live that sometimes I prayed in fear. I so wanted to comfort her. I tell a story about uh, coming into her hospital room to pray, and I'm Finally, she has to say, stop it, that hurts. And like, you know, I was thinking all about me and what I'm ministering and not about my friend. And there are just several circumstances like that, that over the years I've sort of gotten these nuggets and I tuck them away. And recently I was asked to pray for a young woman who was struggling with cancer. And I was in an intercessory prayer meeting with probably 50 people. So the leader, you know, announced we were going to pray for her, asked me to lead prayer. And in, in the, the way of faith that you and I are walking in, everyone in the room, you know, moved toward her to put her hand, put their hands on her. And my heart just broke for her because, like, it's so much pressure. And uh, you don't mean to. Everyone has the right heart. But like literally when someone is sick, even just together, a lot of people around them can make them feel really bad. They get hot. Maybe they're already tired or weak. And we can go on and on in our prayer. And we're not paying attention to the person that we're ministering to. And so I just had these tips that came from my years of receiving prayer and giving prayer that I wanted to help people know, you know, what to do and what not to do when you're entering into intercession for someone that you you know, love and care about. Yeah. So 
Did I answer your question? I'm not sure I did. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. Now, I, I okay. want to ask you something you said that jumped out to me, and I would like to have you expand on this, is to not pray for people out of your own fear. Because exactly like you said, especially if it's someone you love and you're close to, of course, fear, I think for anybody, is the first thing that rises up. And then we have to kind of wrestle that out and move into a place of faith. But what does it look like when somebody prays from a place of fear rather than a place of faith? Well, you can hear it, uh, especially the person who is sick hears it. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about how your prayer is coming across. But a lot of times a person kind of goes to war over their own fears. Mm. And so they're fearful for you. Like when I go to pray and I'm loving you, like my compassion comes alive. And so, and I'm thinking about, you know, how God doesn't want us to be sick. And so I will go to warfare kind of even over them. But pretty soon it can be all about what you're afraid is going to happen. And so you start praying against, that's good, but against all kinds of negative outcomes. Mm. And then sometimes we also pray this way. We'll say, uh, God, if it's your will, you Mm -hmm. know, will you heal them? Or Lord, would you increase their faith so they have enough faith to be healed? Or, you know, we'll bring up things that are worrisome. Lord, we pray for their financial situation, you know, because we know that they're concerned about how they're going to pay their bills. (laughs) And so you mean well, but what's happening to the person is sort of everything that's against them is coming forward. And they're being asked to stretch their faith more and not be triggered by those prayers. And for me, when I'm especially in a group setting, I am most encouraged when you speak the scripture over me and pray the prayer of faith, which to me, the prayer of faith is much more anchored in a prophetic declaration of God's goodness toward me Mm -hmm. than it is a sword swinging experience against the enemy. Mm -hmm. There's a place for both and they're needed. But um, I talk about in those videos a little bit about when it's time to war and how to do that. But at the bedside, like, just speak to me about my future and my hope and God's love for me and how he's already provided for me and remind me that I'm enough and that I do have faith and like build up my spirit uh, rather than try to war on my behalf against the things you yourself might even be afraid of. And I find that sometimes, you know, if you're just afraid for a person because you love them and it really might be a dire situation and you don't know if you feel faithful, then ask someone else to pray. Yeah. Like you don't always have to be the one, but it would be better to ask someone else to pray who can declare forward and for you to take your fear to your prayer closet and do damage to it. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody maybe who's had that experience where somebody prayed over them and it was from a place of fear and so they almost left that prayer feeling worse than when they started? Yeah. What yes. do you recommend in that situation? Well, this is a skill I recommend to all people who are dealing with any of these really difficult situations. And it's not a very fun point to hear in the beginning, but you really learn it. And that is that it's my job to also help pastor that person who's praying for me. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I do is when I recognize that they're saying or doing something that makes me feel worse, I begin to speak to the Lord right there. And I just say, Lord, I know that their heart is to bless me. So God, I'm asking you for the blessing that they mean to give. And I just take authority over anything that it wants to stick to me or discourage me today. And I will not be discouraged. And so I have to choose on the inside, like, you know, you have the authority to receive prayer or not. And I really believe that people want to bless me when they pray for me. It's in their heart to encourage me. So I have to pastor my own heart 
I have to rise up and say, I'm going to receive what they mean to give me, but I don't have to take the rest. And then even with them, like, I just don't correct people. Like, I don't feel the need to say, excuse me, that's not a good prayer. (laughs) I just thank them as if they prayed the way that would encourage me. And you know what? Then their prayer encourages me. Yeah. So this is a great skill for anyone because, you know, it's kind of like all the girls will get this. When you're pregnant, you're so excited, you're finally pregnant and you announce it. And then, you know, out of the woodwork comes all these women who want to relate to you by telling you their horror story of delivery. It's so frightening and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, remember that pregnant woman, like she doesn't have a choice. She's got to go forward. Like Mm -hmm. she is pregnant. She's not thinking about it. And so it's kind of like that with illness, like just being aware, like don't bring your worst story to the table. Don't do it. But you can bring a good story. Like, you know, my mom is a breast cancer survivor and she was healed and lived 20 years. Man, I can hear that all day long. Yeah. Yeah. But learning just in yourself to gain enough stability. And I wasn't really able to do this until I began to conquer the fear of death. And once I began to overcome the fear of death, it's been very easy for me because death is not on me. I'm not agreeing with it. So if I hear something that is sort of death-like, something that discourages me, I'm quickly able to just not receive it. It's like a fiery dart. Mm-hmm. And before when I was walking with that spirit on me, really death just coming right against me, it would take almost nothing to frighten me. Mm-hmm. And I had to really guard my heart. I kept the word in front of my eyes. I had it all over my house. I carried a little book. And my favorite book of all time is Dodie Osteen's little tiny green handbook with a red cardinal on it. And it says healed of cancer Mm. and it's tiny. And I kept it in my purse at all times. And if I was in a setting where I was getting afraid or people were talking in a way that made me anxious, I would just pick out that book and open it up and put my focus on the word of God. And it would calm my heart and I could get through So when we want to pray for someone, just pray toward, even if you like, for example, if you really think they're going to die, it's not your place to say that or to even agree with that. Instead, talk to them about life. Hmm. Because even if they pass, if they know the Lord, they live. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to do, used to do that because I would think, you know, I'm giving them false hope and gosh, I just think that's such a lie. There's no such thing as false hope. Yeah. There's just no such thing. And so don't hold back your encouragement. Yeah. And if someone is discouraging, walk in grace, don't let it stick to you and recognize that they mean well. Someone who habitually means well, but doesn't do well, don't hang out with them. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice for anybody. Across yes. the board, no matter what you're walking through. <laughs> Hey friends, it's that time of year where we're all shopping for back-to-school clothes, so I want to take a moment to share about a faith-based apparel company I absolutely adore called Glory Active. If you follow me on social media, you know I love to exercise and teach group fitness classes. And when I'm not exercising, I like to be comfortable but still look cute. Glory Active is a company that fuses faith with activewear to make a super soft clothing line I know you will love as much as I do. For the month of August, Glory Active is offering my Real Talk listeners $10 off your first order of $25 or more on gloryactive.com. You can use the code FIRSTORDER10. Again, get $10 off using First Order 10, and that's the word first and order and the number 10. I'll include that in the show notes as well. So don't miss out. It's only for a limited time. I personally live in their slouchy tees, tanks, and capris, so I'm excited for you to give them a try. What would you say to, I feel like, 
I've seen, so, you know, some of my background is in fitness and different things. And I've personally seen, my husband's a chiropractor, I've seen that when people's bodies are down, whether it's with a sickness or an injury or whatever brings your body down, um, when we're tired even, our Mm -hmm. spirits tend to be a little more susceptible to other things. I've just experienced this personally and seen this in other people, to depression, to anxiety, to all, let's just go ahead and name this list of you're just a little more susceptible to other things that might attach themselves to you. So what do you recommend in that regard, um, overcoming those types of things or keeping yourself strong when your body doesn't feel strong, trying to keep your spirit strong? I've been uh, really speaking to the Lord about weakness for the last year and learning to value my weakness and to honor it, not see it as something that makes me vulnerable, Mm. but seeing it as a call to trust God more. Mm. And literally what I would say to that person is literally, I would say, go home and take a nap. Like you need more rest. Mm. And I know that's very simple, but when your body is weak, it will speak painful things to you and it can frighten you. And if you ignore it, it will take you down. Like you will go to bed. Mm-hmm. So better to go to bed by your choice, right? Uh, so rest is really important. Lots of water, exercise, all those things that you know. But the truth is that if I don't have peace in my heart, no amount of bed rest is going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. The real rest that we need is to feel safe in the presence of God. And so if there's a wrestling on the inside of you that's adding to or contributing to your uh, your anxiety or your fatigue, I encourage you, yes, do the things in the natural, but also like I had to contend with myself to trust God more. And the more I trust God, the less frightened I am by my weakness. And I see it more as an aid to me. It is telling me what my body needs and what my spirit needs. And so instead of rejecting it and abusing it and calling it mean names and, and only valuing my strength, which you know, we're in a strengths culture. We love strengths. Mm. I do too. Calling out your gifts in you. I'm calling out your strengths. Like, of course we want to be strong. But in that process, we misunderstand the value of weakness. I also believe that somehow when I am at my weakest, when I really can't serve God, when I really can't serve people, when I am too weak to do my laundry, you know, mm-hmm. I came to the revelation that God was only closer. I only felt him closer. So God's not doesn't love me for what I do. He loves me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And so that allows me to feel the experience of being weak in his presence. And, you know, all those verses that say, you know, when I am weak, I am strong. That's what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Or how Christ's strength is perfected in our weakness. Like I didn't really want to understand in those verses, but I do now. And I understand that weakness I might be more effective and more strong, more influential or more anointed, more frightening to the enemy in my weakness than I've ever been in my strength. Because when I'm really, really in my strength, I tend to be out of my own capacity. I love that. That is such wise counsel. Again, you could apply this in your physical body, but also just in what you're doing spiritually. Because I know for me, everything that I'm doing today, it's really in my weaknesses. Like I told you before in the beginning, I'm not a natural writer yet. Somehow I'm writing. I'm not, I wasn't born speaking yet. Sometimes how I'm speaking and, and the Lord's been showing me that exact same thing. Cause I come to him with nothing. Like, I'm like, I bring you nothing in this area and he has to feel it's totally him. And so those are the areas where 
he meets us like in such a beautiful way. And we can't even take credit because I'm like, yeah, I brought nothing to the table at the, on this situation. It was 100% God. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. uh, one of the points in my videos that we touched about earlier is to learn to value a person's weakness mm-hmm. and to not judge out of your own pain that when they're not interceding at the level that you are, when they're not demonstrating enthusiasm, when they're too weak to stand up and see if their back feels better, like don't despise their weakness. Understand the amount of spiritual faith they are demonstrating. So I think weakness is so precious to God and that he can do miraculous things through our weakness, not just our strength. I agree. All right. One more question, and then we're going to wrap this up is... I, so I I have actually had an injury myself for the, um, going on a year now. And it's one thing that, you know, I've had several people pray over it and it's gotten better and then worse. And I experienced something where one woman, and I'm I'm sharing this story just because I'm almost 99% certain other people have experienced this who've been prayed over, who she, again, very well-meaning, um, said something along the lines about, you know, where's my faith? If my faith was bigger, this injury would be gone by now. And, you know, when you walk yeah. away from a situation like that, I kind of had to wrestle with it with the Lord because I'm like, okay, I want to be obedient and have my heart open to him. And like, well, is it? You know, like, am is my faith just not there? Like, is that a thing? Or am I about to receive some condemnation that isn't mine to receive? So what do you say about that statement, I guess? And then also about how you receive <laughs> statements like that. <laughs> well, don't receive that. Uh, that's very frustrating to me. And I've talked to the Lord about this issue so many times because we know that the word says, you know, we need faith. It pleases God when we have faith. And we have several illustrations in the New Testament where Jesus says to someone, you know, your faith has made you whole. Mm -hmm. So we know faith is an important part of receiving your healing. But we also have the verse that talks about that a mustard seed of faith is sufficient to move a mountain. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that I pray with or pray for actually have some faith, often a lot of faith. And they feel condemned when your implication is, if you could just get some more faith, you'd be healed. And they'll even stir up tons of prayer when really what they're saying is, I don't feel I have any faith. Will you give me yours? Mm. And uh, I'm just also reminded that Jesus healed several people who he never saw, never laid hands on, that we don't know if they had faith or not. We have the example of the guy that was healed because his friends brought him to Jesus We have examples of parents coming to Jesus and him resurrecting people from the distance. We even have an example in the New Testament of a gentleman who was healed from blindness who didn't even know who Jesus was. He wasn't a believer. He didn't know who he was, but he got healed. So to me, this is a mute point. Receiving God's healing, I don't even know if I have to have faith. And the faith that I do have, Christ gave to me anyway. Mm. So if I lack faith. I just say to the Lord, Lord, I need more faith. I'm going to pray for healing. He gives it to me. I don't have to wrestle him. I don't have to feel it. I think sometimes we think that faith is this beautiful, warm, fuzzy, empowered feeling. But to me, faith is more like being on a tightrope over the Grand Canyon and the wind's blowing against you. It's uncomfortable. And I often feel inadequate or ill-prepared or that I might not have enough. And so I don't need you to come up to me and say, hey, if you could just get some more faith, you know, you'd get healed. Mm. Because my Experience is I've been in many rooms where people did not get healed, and the room was full of people with gigantic faith. And the person in the bed, I know for a fact, loved Jesus and had great faith, 
and they weren't resurrected and they weren't naturally healed. And so I've just had to come to the conclusion that's not true. If faith were the answer, you know, the church would be well. Mm. So it's not that I don't value faith or think that we don't need faith or that you should practice building up the muscle of faith, ask God for more faith. I do believe all that's important. I think faith is required to just begin to pray for someone. But man, that would be so discouraging to a person. I trust me, if you are in a life-threatening illness, you are trying to build up your faith. Mm-hmm. You want to be like, you don't have enough faith. Because then guess what? A lot of times people give up. Yeah, They're like, well, I don't have faith and I can't get any more. And God must not pick me. I'm yeah. not special enough. Yeah. You know, the ways of God are so mysterious. I don't understand. You can pray for someone and feel no anointing and it'd be life-changing for mm-hmm. them. On the other hand, you can feel an incredible anointing, pray with such passion, they feel nothing. Mm-hmm. The next person, you feel anointed, and they get healed. The next person, you don't feel anointed, and they get healed. Like, yeah. It's not about us. It mm-hmm. is so mysterious to me. But what I do know is that I'm called to pray. Yeah. And to pray faith, pray the prayer faith. But it is so demoralizing to imply to someone they don't have enough faith. I'm just being bold. I'm telling you, that's a lie. And if they don't have any faith, then give them yours. Oh, that's so good. All that's needed. Like, okay, don't worry about it if they don't have faith. Give them yours. I wrote that down. If they don't have any faith, give them yours. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Another thing I had a, a man say to me when prayed over the same injury, the first thing he asked me was if I had any unforgiveness in my heart. Is that something you hear a lot or? Um, no, no one's ever actually said that to me, mm-hmm. uh, except in uh, some therapy. When I was going through, through some therapy, we came to that issue of, mm-hmm. you know, it is so important to have peace, like we were talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. And I do believe some illness is demonic in nature and uh, that unforgiveness produces a bitter root and makes like an environment for a lack of health? I think that's a really good question, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's a question that just anyone should be asking. Yeah. Like you need the relationship to back that question. Yeah. I have to feel safe and we need relational equity. So I wouldn't walk up to a stranger at the store, you know, who's on a pair of crutches and say, <laughs> hey, do you have forgiveness? Because your leg is broken. Yeah. You know, I- do that. But if I were ministering to them privately and I had relationship and I felt like there might be a hindrance, I might ask that question. Like there's truth in the question, but there needs to be a truth in the application. That's so wise. Okay. So I want to wrap up our time today and have you do exactly what we just talked about. And just, I know, I don't even have to question. I know that people listening today are either personally walking through a sickness or an illness or injury right. or are walking alongside somebody who it directly affects them. And so I also know that some people listening today may have never been prayed over from a place of faith, you know? And um, so I would just love for you to do that, to wrap up our time today, just praying over anybody who's listening. I'd be so honored. Let's go to the Lord. Great. Sweet Jesus, we thank you so much for the open door to your presence and that the that you are constantly and always available. I love, Lord, that the word says as we come to intercession, you are interceding also on our behalf. Thank you that you have not left us alone, that we are not orphaned. Thank you that you provide for our healing, that it's in your heart that we would be well, and that you, God, want to bless your people. 
So, Lord, I pray for every person in the sound of my voice who is personally walking through a really difficult season, whether it's sickness or grief, trauma, or discouragement. And I pray, Father God, for your spirit to be manifest to them. I pray that they would sense, even as they hear my voice, a calming in their spirit, a peace that passes all understanding, a quietening of their mind and their questions. And that right now they would allow you, Lord, to come and speak to them. Father, I pray that you would remind them of how much they've been blessed by you, that you would remind them of your promises, that, God, you would call them up and out of a heaviness or fear or a spirit of death, and that, God, they would grasp hold of your truth. I pray that you would cause the Word of God to be such a light to them, Lord. They would thirst and hunger for the medicine of your Word. And, Lord, we pray for the manifest healing of your people. God, we long to see miracles and healing and even ourselves. God, we want to be well so that we can do the things you've asked us to do, to care for our families, to honor our work commitments, to uh, be a part of the church, and even, Lord, to intercede for others. Lord, we want to be well, and we want to see others be healed. So, God, touch your people today. I pray right now that, Lord, you would touch them, that you would release healing, that your spirit, your virtue would come now, and you would touch every place that's a pain to them. I ask you to touch their hearts, that, God, you would heal broken hearts, and you would heal clogged hearts, misfunctioning, malfunctioning hearts. Lord, I pray for our lungs, that we could have the breath of life. I pray that you would breathe on people struggling in their respiratory system. I pray for the blood that flows through our veins. I thank you, Lord, that you would touch their blood and that, Lord, you would drive out every cell that is contrary to your will and you would cause them to have a rich, healthy supply of blood. And, Lord, I pray for digestive systems. So many people, Lord, hurt by um, immune disease that affects their digestive system. And, Father, I ask that you would, again, align their bodies. You would begin to heal. You would uh, replace inflammation with peace. And that, God, you would restore the functions of their body. And, Lord, I specifically take authority over cancer, uh, infirmity, assignments of premature death. We take authority over those by the authority given to us in Jesus Christ. And we command you to go back to the place that you come from and to never come back to this person again. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, every place where sickness, illness, or disease has been speaking to us, we ask for an, a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit, that, God, you would occupy our bodies in a supernatural way that brings us to health, wholeness, and rest in your sweet Son. I bless these people in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Wow. The Spirit of the Lord was here today, and I just want to I feel like as you were praying, the Lord just really impressed upon my heart that people are going to receive healing listening to this. Um, and if you are one of those people who receive the healing, would you please reach out to me or Jan and let us know? Because those are the kinds of testimonies that fuel our faith to keep going yes. and keep doing and and then share this with podcast episode with somebody you know who is walking through something similar. Um, okay, so Jan, you mentioned a few times about that video. Where can they find those yeah. videos online? Uh, my website is bravestronggirl.org, not .com, but .org. And uh, you can click on the blog post, and the two videos are right there. 
And I would love it if you would subscribe and be a part of our Brave Strong Girl community. Uh, if you will do that, I will send you a free digital download of the 10 uh, tips for praying. And I would love for you to share that, I don't know, with your small group or your family, you know, tape it on your refrigerator, whatever would be helpful to you to help you uh, just pray with more confidence and authority and really just help the Lord bless people. So I'd love to do that. So it's bravestronggirl.org. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll include that link in the show notes. And is that where you like to hang out online? Or are you anywhere else online that they can find you? Well, just on Facebook mostly and uh, Instagram, but that's a new ministry website for me. I've only been out there a couple of weeks. So if you search for my name, you'll find an old blog that was good and you can read that. But I'm hanging out now at this new location, like I moved last week. So, yeah. you know, let me give you a forwarding address. <laughs> and of course, at Gateway Church, you oh, know, yeah. of course, you can find me at Gateway Church. And man, we have some amazing ministry going on. I would like to say that our healing rooms are available at Gateway Church starting on September 5th on Wednesday nights. You can walk into our main campus in South Lake and be ministered to by a trained and prepared healing team. And we'll do that all, all fall. So if you need personal prayer, there's a place for that. I love that. Hey, Jan, share real quick to your the heart behind Brave Strong Girl. When I had my second recurrence of cancer, um, a few days afterwards, my husband said to me that he was so proud of me and that I was so brave and so strong. And I just said to him, that is so strange to me because I only feel weak and afraid. Mm. And so that title stuck to blog. And um, I've tried to share often about that. When I say brave, strong girl, you might see, you know, Wonder Woman. But the truth is, the bravest and the strongest I am are, is in my weakness. And that weakness is a prerequisite to becoming brave and strong. Wow, that's so powerful. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so make sure you go follow her. Again, like I told you in the beginning, she's just a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and somebody that you just definitely need to be leaning into. So thank you, Jan, so much for taking time out of your very busy day to be on here. Well, thank you for sharing your audience with me. That is very generous. Yeah. All right. We'll chat later. <laughs> Didn't you just love Jan? I meant what I said in the beginning of this podcast when I believe that the Lord said, Somebody listening today is going to be healed. Even if it's not you, somebody who you're interceding for is going to be healed just because you pressed play and you got those words of life spoken over you. So if you need to, feel free to rewind this podcast and listen to that prayer multiple times so it just really sinks into your spirit. And don't forget, go to Jan's site, bravestronggirl.org and sign up for everything she's got going on, as well as make sure to check out Glory Active and I'll put all those links in the show notes. All right, friends, that is all for today. I will see you next time here on Real Talk with Rachel.